I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I would like to remind you to like us, review us, subscribe, and follow us anywhere you can or want to. We're at Wildcat Dojo all over the web at .com for our webpage, Wildcat Dojo Conversations on Instagram, or just Dojo Conversations at AOL. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to our second episode in our series on mythological warriors. Ryan picked a fun one today, and it's perfect because it's airing on Halloween. Very true. But first, I'm Sensei Michelle. And I'm Sensei Jackie. Welcome back to our resident mythology correspondent, Ryan. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm really excited to do this one. I love having a platform and talk about something I've kind of studied my entire life. So it is really an honor to have me on here. And honestly, I am finding it really interesting. Did you know, Sensei Jackie, that I have a secret love of mythology for all my life? I didn't know that. Yes. I, I won't say I study like you do, but I, I dabble here and there when there are shows on about it. And of course, I have to mention Percy Jackson. I know he's so blasé, but it's, it's fun. It's about mythology and it's fun, right? Yeah. And I think it brings mythology to a lot of kids that might not have enjoyed it. Like me. <laughs> like you, Sensei. <laughs> okay, Ryan, what warrior are we doing today? Well, I thought we'd look at the Norse god of thunder, Thor, because he's a superhero, very popular nowadays. And I think he just is a very fun character in general, mythology and Marvel. Loving it. Me too. And in case you missed our first episode on the Monkey King. And the Monkey King movie. Go back and catch it. Of course, I'll link it into the show notes. All right, let's get started. Before Thor was a part of the Avengers, he was an actual Norse god. You know, Sensei, I found a few things on Norse mythology from a site called NorseGods.com. There are sites for everything, aren't there? There are. They say that all the mythological gods predate Christianity and that most of the written sources for Norse mythology were found in Iceland, even though the mythology was believed all over the Scandinavian peninsula. Cool. But just for those of us who are slightly geographically challenged, which I really am, what are those areas? Well, there's Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Greenland, and Iceland. And there are also two places called the Faroe Islands and Eiland. But did you already know all that, Ryan? I think I did. But um, Thor and the, across that entire area was passed down stories from bards and storytellers, poets. And the Norse version of them were called skalds. So Ooh, how do you spell that? It's a S-K-A-L-D. And oh. they were the important, almost like sacred storytellers of the Norse. Ooh. Uh, so cool. she was passed down stories a like, lot like the Monkey King was. Oh. And that can be traced back as far as the ninth century common era. I heard that. And from the 11th century on... They have written proof as well as the oral tradition. So that's pretty cool. Sometimes I think back about those times before people wrote things down, and I think, wow, what a time that must have been. Do you think they were better listeners then than they are today? Mm, let's not go down that road, <laughs> Jackie. But we got a good start going, don't we? We do. I'm going to jump forward and say most of our audience will know Thor because he's an Avenger. Part of the Marvel series. Am I right about that, Ryan? Oh, but not all Avengers are Norse gods. 
Ooh. And just vice versa, not all Norse gods made the Avengers yet, did they? Us. Some, so, some of them are just, they're happy being in, in their little uh, castle in the, in the sky. And it's okay. <laughs> they don't want to be modern day superheroes. They just want to be with Odin and, and be happy. Oh, it's so a drink sing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we're we're going to get started. Well, with actually, the- it's, oh, it's funny in the actual mythology, the gods are usually described as drinking and singing, and Thor is out east fighting giants somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I, I got that from my little bit of reading. Yeah. Thor was not into the entertainment part of being a god. He was into the fighting part. Us. Good one. And, of course, we're going to start with the mythology. Uh, sensei. Okay, Sensei Jackie, I think you are starting us out. Before I introduce Thor, because <laughs> he needs that, because he needs a proper introduction. Let me say we did use Wikipedia for this, as well as Mythopedia. And Thor is a god who carries and uses his hammer. He's associated with lightning and thunder. He also protects mankind and is known for his strength. Some of his nicknames were the bear, and I love this one, the one who rides alone. That's cool, Sensei. Uh, so Thor can be traced back to the second millennium BC, and he's one of the most popular gods of the Norse pantheon. And a lot of times, from what I've done research on it, is he was often the god of like farmers and the common people, more so than Odin, who was more like the god of like the the noblemen and the landowners. He was the every man's god. Oh, I love that. Very good. So Mythopedia wants to disagree with how far back he can be traced. Do we even care? We do not care. (laughs) Okay. Either way, what? He's an old timer. (laughs) (laughs) And this is worth noting. Mostly, there are no childhood stories about gods. Now, that's what I read, Ryan. Is that true? Oh, usually. I don't know about any childhood stories, so I would assume there's not. Yeah. They lost lost of his loss of time. Like most of mythology probably lost. It's probably never written down. Most of the mythology was written down by one guy, Snorri Sturluson, in Iceland. So if, you, if it wasn't in that Icelandic area, you probably don't have it. So mostly, they just pick up when these guys were grown up and badass. <laughs> now that is fun. Right? Yeah. Us. Okay, so we're going to pick it up there. You starting me out here, Ryan? Well, Sensei, I'll start with the family. Thank you. Before you do that, I want to say that the Avengers series took some liberties with Thor's family history. So we're doing the mythology here, folks. We'll tackle the Avengers a little later in the podcast. Right. Here's a history. He's a son of Odin, who was a big gun of the gods. His mother was Yoro. He had a wife named Siv, who was a blonde goddess in her own right, and a daughter named Thunder. We agree so far on everything. He also had a few, or possibly many, other children by mistresses. Weirdly, he, or him and the mistress, named the children things like strength and courage. So that is proof that naming kids weird names is not a modern phenomenon. But I'll keep it going. Thank you. We've already said he was the fiercest of the Norse gods. And I'll add that he was a member of the Aesir tribe. Okay, but that's not all we found, is it, Ryan? Us. He rode a chariot pulled by two goats named, okay, I'm going to mess this up, Tengrisir and Tengronir. Oh, that was awesome how he said that. (laughs) 
When I was typing those names, I said, who knows those? Who could say that? Thank well, you for being able to say it. We're never a, repeating it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there is actually, there's someone I listened to on YouTube. His name is Dr. Jackson Crawford, and he is a um, academic who studies morphology. And he will ah. talk like in Nor- Old Norse in a cowboy like outfit. And then behind him is like these huge mounds. It's, <laughs> it's so cool. It's him going through the poetry. And that's kind of how I do that, like, um, very cool <laughs> okay keep it going what's next okay so, and that leads me to a creepy legend he regularly killed and ate his goats only to resurrect them with his hammer and start all over again that is so creepy so i wonder what the deal is with the hammer do you have something on that for me i do first off remember we're talking about the mythological origin of the hammer not the marvel origin of the hammer got it okay the hammer has a name Mjolnir. And it's a beast. That's true. Lots of art and sculpture has been dug up depicting it. Did either of you guys look at Oh, You've probably seen it a hundred times, haven't you? Us. Monia? Yes. Us. It's cool. The art is cool, the old ancient art. Okay, but by the gross goat story, you can see that it had the ability to resurrect the dead. That was a gross story. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to add one thing. We're going to try to post a picture I found of a painting from 1872 where Thor is killing giants with the hammer. See how I didn't try to say the name of it? Monia. (laughs) Monia. From his chariot led by the goats. That would be cool, Sensei. I've got something. He also wields a belt that doubles his strength, iron gloves that make him easily wield his hammer, and a staff, which he rarely uses. And I've got one, too. Remember in the number podcast how I mentioned that Thursday came from Thor's day? I remember that. It's still a cool fact. And it happened when the Germanic people adopted the Roman calendar in the early part of the common era. Of course, I'll tag that episode into the show notes. But right now, I need to bring up one more interesting thing. The Romans referred to him as Jupiter because Romans were known to write about gods from other cultures, changing their names to gods that they know that closely resemble the god they usurped. That was a crazy sentence, but I got the drift. Yes, it was right. I think actually there's like an academic term for it. It's like interpreto um, romana or interpreto Mm -hmm. grecia. So they would interpret different foreign gods as being theirs. So when they came across, like say the gods of the German, they go, oh yeah, you're worshiping Odin, that's Mercury. Oh, that makes sense to me. We need a spreadsheet of <laughs> Norse, Greek, Roman, you know, so, because you could, then you could follow the gods across, oh, which would be really cool to see if they had the similar characteristics. I bet it's out there already, that spreadsheet. Oh, I'm you sure bet. it is. Oh, I've seen something like that, but I don't know where to find it exactly. Spreadsheet of the gods. No, <laughs> no, no I, don't, I don't know about it. If yeah. we come across it, we'll share it somewhere. How's that? Sounds good. Okay, where are we headed? Well, I was headed that before, Sensei, you move on to the Avengers, can I say that there are lots of relics regarding Thor found in Northern Europe? In fact, the first recorded use of the name was found in Bavaria, and it was a piece of jewelry. I love that fact. And Sensei, I'll finish with this one. He was so popular by the 1500s, there was a woodblock carving showing him on the, on the king's throne with his dad, the actual king, standing to his right. So the conclusion is Thor was cool and he is still cool today because the Avengers keep him alive. So let's move over to the Avengers and do a few Marvel facts. 
May I be the marvelous one to start? Oh, Jackie, that was bad. (laughs) The Avenger universe is too big for us to touch on all of it. We're taking most of this from the Marvel Comics random page. So remember, what you heard before was from the mythology. And now we're on to the world of Marvel Comics. Or should I say the world of Stan Lee? So maybe that's simplifying too much. What do you think? I would say that Jack Kirby, who is the illustrator of Marvel, owes equally amount to Thor's creation. He was the one who really brought in that mythological aspect to Marvel Comics. Oh, I love learning that fact. Like he, he didn't just bring in Norse. He also brought in like the Greek gods and the Egyptians. But then he also created his own pantheon, the gods that are above him. So he created gods like Eternity, Infinity, uh, the Living Tribunal. Like, Whoa. So he made that universe just so much more grand than just like superheroes fighting on the street. So was his universe a universe of fighters or was it a universe of just all sorts of gods? I think it's like he had like different layers of them. So ah. there was kind of like the, the more like human mythology. So he had the Greek pantheon, um, the Egyptians and Norse. And then he had, kind of created stuff above it. Like he wanted them to get progressively more powerful and inhuman mm-hmm. further oh, up you go. Oh. And then he started to work for DC Comics and he just went all out crazy. <laughs> ah, so we get a little behind the scenes yeah. on the comic world. So now let me get back to some background. A lot of it is the same, like Odin being his dad and Thor, the god of thunder. But there's also a lot different. For example, in this Marvel universe, He's a member of the tribe known as the Asgardians, a group of humanoid beings from the pocket dimension of Asgard, the realm eternal. I agree with you, Jackie. Here's a few things that are the same. He became the mightiest warrior on Earth and the Ten Realms. But then he messes things up, and his responsibility, Odin sends him to Earth and strips him of his powers and memory. He learns humility, so he gets his memory and his powers back and went on to become a superhero on Earth, like part of the Avengers. Us. And that's all part of the Avengers now, guys, not the mythology. For those of you who are keeping track, whether we have our facts correct, <laughs> I'm feeling stressed. <laughs> okay. I'll add that he's a founding member of the Avengers, definitely created by Stanley and Jack Kirby, should I say? Yes. And he first appeared in 1962 in a comic called Journey into Mystery. Now, I don't know the year, but I've got something kind of fun. What is it? It's a quote from Thor himself, or at least the comic book Thor. Here's the quote. All the power of the storm from all the world flows through my veins and can be summoned by mine hammer at any time, wherever it is. A lightning storm in Japan? Mine. A hurricane off the coast of Barbados? Mine again. A brace of tornadoes in Kansas? Yeah, mine. All that might, all that destructive force are mine to command, channeled and guided through the mystic might of this hammer, guided right at thee. Wow. I'm just saying, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to Thor, it reminds me a little bit of the animated movie Moana. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when he sings this song? If you think about, like, Thor is kind of a Maui in a way. Like, his misadventures, like, create so much. And a lot of landmarks that the Vikings would see, they would kind of say that's up from the battle between giants and the gods. So it's kind of like Maui where they think that these islands are something that are pulled out of the ocean by Maui. That's so cool. I wasn't <laughs> completely wrong. 
And I'm sure that the Disney creators knew a lot about yes. all kinds of mythology when they were writing the, the Moana movie. First off, I want to say, let's not compare Dwayne Johnson, and I believe it's Chris Hemsworth. Yes. Yeah, let's not go down that road because they're very different, but they're all they're both very cool. And extremely handsome men. Exactly, but very <laughs> different. So instead, I'm going to move on to characters from the Avengers that are from Norse mythology. Can you do that for me, please, Ryan? Of course, there's plenty. There's Thor, the one we're talking about right now. Loki, the trickster god, who was also his brother. His father, Odin. Heimdall, who watches the, the Rainbow Bridge. Frigga, who's called Frigg in mythology. Siv in Marvel, she's a girlfriend. In mythology, she's his wife. And Hela, in mythology, she's called Hel. And finally, there's Ragnarok. And a mythology that says that it means the end of times or the end of world chaos. And what does it do in the movies? So in the movie, it's, it's kind of like how it is in mythology where it's more about the bringing um, like a new cycle into existence. And Thor oh. realizes in the end that the only way to get past like uh, all of Asgard's history is to kind of reset it from zero. And he oh. kind of realizes that his father wanted him to bring about the end of Asgard. So I thought that was cool in the end. It was, that is interesting. It was supposed to happen. Okay, I'm going to move us on here, although I love that story. Great story. Yes, and we were just had a big, long conversation about how something has to regenerate, not unlike a phoenix. Yes. Which I believe might date back to mythological times. Yeah, like in the original uh, Ragnarok, it's more about like these gods are fated to die. Like Odin is going to uh, fight um, the wolf and Thor is going to fight the world serpent. But then, like, their prodigy is going to carry on and they're going to establish, like, the new Asgard. And they're even mentioned, like, oh, there's going to be a god so mighty that, like, you can't even, like, mention him. Ooh. So, you something to look forward to. <laughs> so, if we don't get to the two stories that I saved for us, we will run out of time. All right, guys? Okay, Plus. Sensei. And they both are cool. Well, I wrote here they're both kind of funky. <laughs> but here's the first one. In the Marvel backstory, he gets his hammer from Odin, but in mythology, it is different. In order to enjoy this story, we have to spend one minute telling you that in both mythology and Marvel, the god Loki is a trickster. True, but in mythology, they are not brothers, but in Marvel, they are. But I think Odin in both is her dad, and they have different mothers. Okay, what's the mythological origin of Thor's hammer? You got this one for me, Sensei Jackie? I do. So... Loki thought it would be funny to cut off all of Thor's wife's beautiful hair. Thor was angry. So to keep Thor from killing him, Loki said to Thor that he would go to the dwarves' underground world and bring back new hair for Sif. Here you need to remember that in mythology they're married, where in the comic they're not. Yes. So while Loki is with the dwarves getting the hair, he had them make Thor's hammer, and a few other very cool things, which he gave to Odin. Okay, I'm just saying, however many times on this podcast we have talked about making magical weapons and <laughs> how much fun that would be, we totally need our own set of underground dwarves. Do we not? <laughs> well, I would think that would be just so cool. I agree. But that's not our last story. Our last story is from Mythopedia.com. And I'm guessing, Ryan, that you already knew this story, did you? I think so. And... It's all about Thor cross-dressing. Us. <laughs> and I would say you could pick it up anywhere you want and take us home, Ryan. Us. One day Thor woke up to find that someone had stolen his hammer. 
Thor went to the gods and asked for help. The gods gave him Loki in a falcon coat that allowed him to fly. Okay, let me stop you here because I got so confused when I was reading all this because in the comic, his hammer allows him to fly, but not in mythology. The goats. The goats is how he got around in mythology. Us. So he got this special falcon cloak. Yes, got so the, chari- the chariot of goats on it that, that he flies with. Right. A lot like Santa. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he got this special falcon coat for this event. Is that correct? Us. Okay, keep it going. So Loki found the hammer. It was with a god named Thrym. And he wanted Freya, a goddess, to marry him. The gods said no. And he hatched a scheme where Thor would dress up as Freya and Loki as a servant. Thor hated the plan. Loki loved it, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So off he went. Thor in a fancy wedding dress and a veil. Thrym thought it was the beautiful Freya and offered her dinner. At dinner, Thor ate an entire ox, ate salmon, and three whole casks of mead. Thrym was shocked, but still wanted to get with her because (laughs) that was beautiful to him. She loves to eat. (laughs) That's what he thought. (laughs) So he lifted the veil and freaked out a little. But Loki said she was so tired from the trip and the marriage was about to begin, so Thrym got the hammer and laid it on Thor's lap. When Thor got hold of his hammer, he was so wound up and drunk that he killed the entire wedding party. <laughs> That's a wild story, isn't it? I know. Oh, my. I'm not saying that Thor resembles many karate people I know, but I'm saying Thor resembles many karate people I know. <laughs> yeah, I like in, in mythology, like, Loki and him, they're often at odds, but a lot of times they're kind of like these, like, Frenemy buddies. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're almost like the, like the hangover guys in a way. <laughs> <laughs> what a great, great analogy. That was so fun. Was that a perfect ending? That gives Thor a perfect place to go. And I bet we have all you guys wound up waiting to hear where we're going to go next with our mythological warriors. What do you bet? And our mythological correspondent, of course. Of course. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> And thanks for taking time out of your day to do this. Oh, you're welcome, Sensei. Thank you. I I don't know what my most fun part is. For those of you who've never been here as a guest, the before and after where we sit around and just talk or the actual recording because they're both so much fun. And today's was, I just learned so much and laughed so much. It was great today, uh, Ryan. Thank you. Okay, start my goodbyes, Mr. Ryan. Awesome. Sayonara, everyone. (laughs) See you next time. (laughs) Perfect. Excellent. Bye, everybody. And on that note, I'm going to sign us out. Before we go, let's mention our sponsor, Honor Athletics. That's right, Sensei. Make them your go-to source for all your karate needs and more. Us. You can contact them at honor-athletics.com or give them a call at 770-945-5150. And please mention Wildcat Dojo for your 10% discount. Thanks, thanks guys. guys. Oh, we did it backwards. Instead of saying honor athletics in the front, we said it thanks guys in the back. I loved it. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.